welcome to an episode of Simon Says Let's Talk Business. This is your host, Al Simon, with Sandler. Uh, we are business consultants, trainers, coaches. We build skill sets for our clients. Two wonderful guests today. Really excited about today. We got Jill Edwards. Now, this is important. Senior Vice President, Gwinnett Business Banking Manager. Oh, yeah. At Wells Fargo. Welcome. Thank you. Cool. And we got Chris Willis. Sales and Marketing Manager at Willis Mechanical. How's it going? All right. How are you? Doing very well. Thanks for having me. Just had a cold call clinic with you and your team yesterday. That was a blast. Yeah, I had lots of fun. That was fun. That was good stuff. All right. So we're going to have some fun. We're going to talk business. We're going to talk banking. We're going to talk mechanical. We're going to talk stuff today. How's that? We good? Great. We're good. All right. Jill, Gwinnett Business Banking Manager for Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo awesome organization all of our business and personal banking is with Ooh, y'all very good i hope we're taking good care of you we are we are well taken care of very we good. do not worry about our money that's nice the good to people hear. working out yeah so tell us a little bit about because so you're big old bank multinational stuff you know it's san francisco based mm-hmm. but what about here in gwinnett what's going on with you business banking manager in gwinnett all right so yes at business banking for Gwinnett. Uh, What we do here is we serve the businesses. We're not the really tiny businesses and we're not the really huge businesses. If they're if they're too small they can be banked by our small business banking or our branches. Okay. And we certainly have other groups for much larger companies that are like commercial and of course corporate for the really big guys. Um, what we target here in this market is companies between $5 million and $20 million in annual revenues. Okay. We often bank companies larger than that. It depends upon complexity, and certainly we can grow with them when they get bigger. Now, you, see, now you use that word, we bank, like it's a verb, right? We bank oh, people. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, it is a verb. So what Definitely. Does that, what does that mean with regard to services? So um, when you're talking about everything that we can do for our customers— um, we have, um, well, there's, there's several things that we can do. So basically from a service perspective for our customers, we have a nationwide footprint. So why does that matter? There's a lot of companies that have multiple locations. So if you're in more than just Atlanta, you're going to look outside and there's, uh, there's only a couple of banks that can just be one bank for you. What we've noticed is that if we can provide a one-stop shop to the CFO, it's not only cheaper, but it really makes their life easier. Basically kind of one log on for everything they need to run the company, no matter where they are. Cool. So speaking of our platform, um, that's an area that Wells Fargo's number one in. We, and I don't think we toot our horn about this enough, um, it's called our Treasury Management Services. I know I can Never see your eyes yeah. glazing over. <laughs> Actually, I know a little bit about that because that was my former life was in that world, yes. Well, I always say because mm. you and a lot of even big companies don't know that term. It's, yeah. a, it's really a banking term. And it's a fancy way of referring to our online platform that provides all the bells and whistles that a company runs its business, how they move their money around in the fastest, easiest, and most secure way. That that last one's the important one. We call this platform our CEO platform, Commercial Electronic Office. 
And so we're not just number one now. We've been number one for over a decade in the entire United States. So it's like this really great platform that companies can run their business on. So as you can see, I can kind of go on and on about this subject. You mean like say platform, even like a dashboard on their computer? It's it's yeah. very much like that. And, okay. it's, and it's very secure. You need tokens to get in. About the only uh, um, complaints we ever get is all the security to get into it. But we there that's not going to go away. I'll bet you're not. I'll bet you're not getting as many complaints about that as you used to uh, given the environment and business today yeah exactly yeah. um so yeah one of the things i want to talk about a little bit later is is some of the fraud that's going on but we okay. haven't gotten to that yet all right um so one more thing about our platform as business owners people like to be out of the office in fact i was on a call a couple of weeks ago and the cfo and the ceo they're getting ready to retire but they're not retired yet, so they still want to keep control on everything. But one's in Florida a lot, and one's in North Carolina a lot. So what happens then? Mm. Well, we were able to set them up to where they could do everything remotely and most of it mobily so that they could still keep a two-factor authorization, which just means two people approving everything, which is really auditors love that, and it's the most secure way to do that kind of thing. Awesome. That's good stuff. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a little bit because you and I talked beforehand, and and your passion for what you do for your customers was definitely there, but also mm-hmm. your passion for your team. Tell us a little bit about your team. Yeah, so um, we we target Gwinnett, although that doesn't keep us here. We we can go anywhere, but like I often say. Part of the beauty of banking customers in the market that you live and work is that you you can just you can really get to know them. So I have six we call them relationship managers, and that term I I really like the term because it is a relationship. When we bank a bank a company, we need to know them. We're gonna exceed your expectations when we know what's going on. We're gonna disappoint you when we're the last person that you tell about things. So I oh have, I, it's, it's true, and I've got, um, so my average tenure, if you add up my six bankers, is 19 years of experience. My least experienced RM, relationship manager, is 11 years. My most wow. is 28. If you include me in the equation, I'm 32 with all my experience right here in the northeast part of Atlanta in business banking. You know this market. So we know this market. Yeah. We know the companies in it. We, I love what I do. I love my customers. I love the people I work with. Good shows. And Good. So, so that's how we target our market. We're, we're very high touch. Okay, so you've got an experienced team. Uh, you have uh, passion for, for banking your customers. I'll use your verb. Uh, so what's coming down the pike? What opportunities, trends do you see? So the one of them, it's, it's kind of a negative way to start, but it's so prevalent that I just can't skip over that. So it, what it is is it's fraud, mm. fraud in the marketplace. And uh, there's so I'd like to spend just a moment to kind of educate about the different kinds of fraud that we have. Okay. It's everywhere. We, every time we meet with the customer almost, it comes up or we bring it up. Um, so there's... Three, three main kinds. So the first kind of fraud is what we call imposter fraud. That's when somebody pretends to be someone. Often they've hacked into your server. They are watching your emails for months. They don't do anything. They watch how you talk. They know when you're going to be out of town. They know when you might not be available. 
And then that's when they go in with a fake email. They've even called. There was one with an English accent where they called and they got away. They had the same accent. They knew exactly what to do. And before you know it, that wire's been sent or whatever. Second kind of fraud is internal fraud. And this is when somebody inside the company, the CFO, the controller, anybody that has access to it, uh, decides that they want a little bit bigger piece of the pie. So they go about it. And when I went back to that two-factor authorization with two people, that's where that comes. If, If you've got somebody and you've got a system in place, and if they're a good CFO or controller, they want this because it covers their you know what too yes they don't get in trouble and the auditors love it finally the last one that we are seeing like this is oh god we just see it all the time and it's check washing it's one of the most common types normally all that's washed is just the payee name so you leave everything the same you're writing a thirty-eight thousand dollar check they change the name and they deposit it and off they go might not catch it in time might catch it in time they've got an account and it goes into their account, they close it down, and off they go. There's not a trace. So there's obviously hundreds, if not thousands, of ways that the fraudsters can get away with all this. And we have two products that we can protect for checks and protect for anything electronic. Okay. So when we get in front of our customers, I, I told a customer just yesterday that I think so highly of this, I can dance on a ball and do backflips. Yeah. So that is, I, I I'd like want to see that, Chris. What do you think? I want to get yeah. their attention, you know. And they looked at me like I had four heads, but I really, you could tell that they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's an insurance policy. We had a customer who literally had to come back from a vacation with her grandchildren in Disney World because they had fraud and there were checks clearing, and she could not. She didn't have all her information. She could do our side from her computer in Florida, but she couldn't do her side. She didn't have everything online. She didn't know what to pay and what not to pay. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. So, how exactly would one go about um, getting one of these checks? <laughs> the, well, we had a customer call us. They went into their mailbox. Wow. Or internal, they just take one out. Or you provide for an ACH. They mm-hmm. take that number, the routing number and check number, and create their own checks. There's so many ways. Wow. I mean, there's literally hundreds, if not thousands, of ways they can do it. They're very smart. That's horrible. So, obviously, you're able to put your customers at ease. You've got this covered. We have this covered if they will invest the 5, 10, whatever accounts for their transaction it's going to cost them a little bit of money every month that's why i said look at it as an insurance policy but it's just amazing how many people you'll tell that story to and they just think you know that won't happen to me i i'm gonna save my 20 bucks a month i i got this the fraud isn't gonna happen to me and then when it does you're like oh man i told you yes Yes, I I know that feeling about telling people what they should do and then they don't do it. And Mm -hmm. it's like, uh, oh, you're married too? No, I'm talking about my clients. I wouldn't talk about my wife that way. Sorry about that back there. Yeah, (laughs) she is listening. She is listening. (laughs) No, I'm talking about my clients. Oh, your clients. Yeah, Yeah. because they do have that that thought. Well, you know, that won't really happen here. Mm -hmm. I trust my people, blah, 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 blah. And then Mm -hmm. bottom line is you you never really know, do you? I tell you what, the internal fraud, it's often someone that's very trusted. It's not somebody that just showed up yesterday. Mm. It's somebody that's been there for years. Wow. Mm -hmm. My goodness. So um, certainly fraud, 
cybersecurity, all that is a big deal today. What is the overall outlook that you see for $5 million to $20 million businesses in Gwinnett for the next few years? I mean, the market, you know, but we've come through the 2008 to 2012 recession where, you know, the market does different things, but overall the business climate is pretty positive. What do you see? It's like super positive that has pros and cons to it. So my favorite question to ask a customer whenever I get in there, especially when I'm just meeting them, is what keeps you up at night? What do you worry about? And I have a very consistent answer over the past year or two for the top three of almost every customer that we have, and that's ability to get good talent in the market. They're so we've got an unemployment rate. I just checked our stats in our, off our economics page, and it's 3.8% as a nation. I couldn't get a consistent number for Gwinnett, or else I would have. I got some inconsistent numbers, but let's just go with 3.8%. Okay. And, and we have great schools around here. We got great kids graduating. We have a steady supply. We got technical colleges here. We got great large four-year universities. We got them all over Georgia. We have a steady stream of talent. But they're with an unemployment rates that low that it's just hard to get the workers that, that they need. So one of the ways that we've been able to help out with that Remember that treasury management stuff I was talking about? Yes. We do what's called a business process review. Um, If you're a decently large customer that has some complexity, we'll go into your workspace and we will watch your accounts payable people and your accounts receivable people and see where they might be doing stuff that they don't need to be doing. Or we could greatly speed that up or provide a platform or something that could save, save them a whole lot of time. In fact, in one case, the company had eight people in their uh, department. We were able to free up one person's job where they didn't need that employee. You say, oh, no, you're letting employees go. Well, it was a valuable employee to the company. They, they reutilized them in another area. So they don't have to hire someone but for, that may not be available. Exactly. Yes. So for about $1,000 a month in treasury costs additional to run this service form, they were able to eliminate a person that made 40000 a year plus benefits. So it's over a $30,000 savings to the customer. So the treasury can be extremely valuable if you look at it that way. Oh, yeah. Let's see. So not hiring an extra person and being more efficient, that's probably not something anybody wants to do, right? <laughs> no, nobody. Work. So this is a business process review, and it's a service that you offer. It, it is something that we do for customers that have high treasury needs. So if you've got yeah. a lot of volume... And there's, you know, we can talk to you and know whether or not we're going to be able to uncover something, you know, in a 15 or 20, 30-minute conversation. Right. We know the ones that could benefit from it or not. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Do you have trouble getting your customers to talk to you? I mean, you know, $5 million to $20 million, CEOs, CFOs, they're busy people. Right. Can you get them to sit down? So Talk what's interesting, we at Wells Fargo, we have a criteria, and we measure it, that we must talk to our customers at least every 90 days. So that's often, right? Yeah, it is. Yes. And we, and we want it to be because when we – and we don't have to sit in front of you, and we don't have to have some two-hour meeting. But if we just stay connected, what's going on? You'd be amazed at how much changes every 90 days. They're living it. They don't see how much changes, but when – with a customer that's not really don't have much going on 
but you touch base with them, there is a lot going on. And there is a lot changing. Yes. In fact, with Treasury, even with customers that don't do a lot, every year, and I promise you, there are services that they're not using that they don't even realize they've stopped using that we can turn off and save them some money or add something that will add an efficiency that they didn't realize. So, so, so talk to your banker. Talk to your banker. Talk to, talk to your Wells Fargo uh, if, banker. If they're a good banker, right? If, mm. they, if they can bring you value. If they can't bring you value, then don't talk to them. But hopefully we bring our customers value. Well, I can attest you do. There's not a hopefully there. So let, let's, uh, let's pivot a little bit. Uh, I want to talk about because Gwinnett is such a diverse county, right, in terms of the residency, the types of businesses, and, and, and industry that goes on around here. You mentioned education, which has been great here. I remember in, in uh, 1979 when I moved to Gwinnett and people said, oh, the schools aren't so good. <laughs> and we oh, laugh wow. now because it's you know, the best the in best. the state. So, yeah. so, so what do you see in terms of this diverse population? What, what ramifications does that have on, on the way you work with your customers? So, yeah, um, at Wells Fargo, um, I happen to participate in our supplier diversity efforts nationwide as a liaison. Part of it is because I'm, I manage one of the most diverse markets in the nation and the most diverse in the southeast. So just a few stats to toot our horn. In 2017, we spent $1.3 billion with certified diverse suppliers. In, we also won 18 national awards for supplier diversity, and we invested over a million dollars in small and diverse business development. So, at, But at Wells Fargo in my market here, we also take the diversity very seriously. Of my six relationships managers, one speaks Spanish, five are women, one gentleman is African American. And in the branches, we even more closely match the demographics of the particular small micro place that they exist in so what we do is we like to mirror and be able to bank those companies that might need something a little different or definitely we try and understand their culture even if that's not our background because culture has a lot to do with businesses as well yeah i read a lot of business publications harvard business review forbes several others all the writers these days are saying diverse companies are more healthy companies. Diverse companies are growing companies. They understand the needs of their customers because they themselves live the same thing. And that's what yeah. you're saying, isn't it? it? It is. And we also have diversity training in, inside. We've, we, we have, we're, they just came up with a fourth module. So we, oh, wow. we've, we've done, it was one, then two, and now we've, we're graduating to our fourth. But we do a Good. lot of training, but we, we take it seriously. We, and we want everybody be, to be getting the same message. So when you, when you lay it out like that and you inform people and make sure that, you know, you got a problem with this or you don't understand something. Let's talk about it. Let's figure out what, what the problem is. Excellent. So can we talk about maybe a not-so-positive uh, topic? Because Wells Fargo has been in the news in recent years, not in a positive way. And I was watching the basketball playoffs, and I saw an ad talking about trust and then lack of trust and so on. Can you help us understand what's going on? Yeah. So I can tell you just personally, in my market, I've never seen any of what we're in the news for. So that's a personal, and, and everybody that I've talked to here in this market hasn't. But as a bank, we still have to acknowledge what's gone on somewhere in our organization. 
So we're a 160-year-old company, so we're going to grow and adapt and change and figure out what we need to do. 160 160-year organization, right? Yeah, I was very young when it started. Yeah, I was going to say, you don't look nearly that no, age. No, I, I look good for my age, don't yeah. I? So on May 6, Wells Fargo launched a new brand platform called Reestablish. It debuted an anthem commercial called The Trust that you were talking about, which signaled yes. it's a bold way that it's a new day at Wells Fargo. So we're running new ads across print, digital, broadcast, and mobile channels. And this is a commercial. It's an external expression of the fundamental changes that we're making internally at the bank. Uh, We've been working on this now for 20 months, so it has been a long process to transform and acknowledge that we haven't done everything we need to do yet, and we're still working on it. So we are transforming Wells Fargo into the Wells Fargo that we want to be. So we're still on our journey. We're still getting there, but we're making great project, and we're very committed to it. Well, as, as a customer of yours, we've never seen any of it. We have uh, not. I mean, so I was even surprised to, to read about it uh, because we respect Wells Fargo big time. Y'all take care of us. And really, that's what it is. In, in the end, a business wants to make sure their money's fine. So I always hear from the customers, are you seeing a lot of this? Are you hearing mm-hmm. a lot of it? From our customers, we aren't. In fact, almost not at all. I can think of three or four in a book of several hundred mm-hmm. that have said anything about it or needed more information. But when we're out there prospecting or talking to co- companies that don't bank with us yet, don't have an experience with us, that's where we get, oh, I've seen in the news, uh, what's up? And I'm like, well, gosh, talk to our customers because um, they've not seen it, at least not in the yeah. Atlanta market. I think you're smart to bring it up because if it's on someone's mind but they don't bring it up and you'll never know that you need to do address it. Right. So that's great that, that it's coming up and that you get a chance to tell your side of the story, which is a good story. Thank you, sir. Yeah. So, Jill, if, uh, if our listeners want to, and I'm sure they will, want to get a hold of you or your relationship team, how do they do that? Well, the easiest way is probably just to email me. Okay. It's jill.edwards at wellsfargo.com. Okay, jill.edwards at wellsfargo.com. Yeah, happy to weigh in on anything or just provide another sounding board. Like what we when we're out just knocking on doors, we say we'd love to be your second call. Excellent. You know, if you don't understand something, run it by us. There you go. So, yeah, once again, this is Al Simon with Sandler. And uh, the show is Simon Says, Let's Talk Business on Business Radio X. We've been having a great conversation with Jill Edwards, Senior Vice President and Gwinnett Banking, Business Banking Manager at Wells Fargo. It's been great. Thank you, Al. Thanks for being here. Appreciate it. Another guest I have today is Chris Willis from Willis Mechanical, your Sales and Marketing Manager. That's me. That's you. Good How's it stuff. going? Going great, man. How are you? I'm doing great. This Happy is, to be here. This is the third time this week that you've seen me. Yeah. A lot of people pay big money for that. <laughs> <laughs> Some people pay big money not to see me. Yeah, yeah so there's that. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. They've all been good. They've all been good. There you go. So, yeah, so Chris and his team are clients of ours, and, and mm-hmm. we're excited to work with them. And so tell us a little bit, uh, Chris, about uh, it says here you're a commercial and industrial HVAC service company, blah, 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 blah. What are you really doing? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, so we are um, a commercial industrial only uh, mechanical contractor. So we're doing heating, air conditioning, ventilation, um, process piping, things like that for uh, commercial industrial clients. So businesses, 
um, government, uh, nonprofits, healthcare, all kinds of different sections. So everything from installing tiny little units like that one hanging on the wall to uh, entire hospitals and military bases. Um, Manufacturers. Oh, yeah. Everything from installation to renovations, uh, planned maintenance, emergency repairs, everything you need. And you you told me you were on a roof this morning. I was on a roof this morning, yes. I was over in, um, let's see, I was over by North Point Mall, and it was a client that was having an issue with their computer room. Uh, Computer rooms have some unique uh, conditions in them with, you know, the computers giving off heat and having to control the humidity as well. Um, So we're out there helping them out with that. Okay. And manufacturers that, that generate heat. Right, mm-hmm. to, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. They need to have that taken care of. So it's more than just, a, hey, are your people in the office uh, too too warm or too cool? I and mean, this is this is this is big stuff here. Yeah, sure. And and a big trend now is actually even if your uh, production doesn't specifically require cooling, mm-hmm. um, is heating and cooling your production areas for productivity. Okay. Um, we just redesigned our website, and we have our first blog post, and it's. Um, one I wrote about that actually about the correlation between temperature and productivity and it it has research from Berkeley um, that happened over gosh I think like 80 or 100 years my goodness and so they track uh, human productivity in office and manufacturing environments not not ditch digging right but you know assembling products in a manufacturing space or uh, cubicle type work and they found that well first they found the most efficient temperature which is really interesting to me there is a most efficient human or there's a most efficient temperature to have a room for humans and what is that 71.6 degrees i love 71.6 degrees right yeah yeah so right in there so all those people listening if your boss is like no we can't turn down the air conditioning because it's costing us money and it's costing them money not to right so check out our blog but um, that's good to know yeah so they find like a 10 when you I'm going to butcher it, so don't hold me exactly to it, but it's something like if your temperature goes 10 degrees above 71, so say in the manufacturing space that's not air-conditioned, right? you're losing about 10% productivity. Okay. That's a lot. So when, when I think of HVAC, and I want you, I want you to d- define for us what HVAC really is so, we, so everybody just really knows what it is. But, okay. but when I think of HVAC, I think of efficiency being how efficient is the unit in cooling or heating. Mm-hmm. But you're talking about also efficiency of the the workers, but productivity being involved in that equation as well. Oh, absolutely. So HVAC, the, the basis of it, HVAC stands for heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. Um, basically, HVAC is the movement of air and the movement of heat, either adding it or taking it away. Okay. Um, and we do that for specific processes, be it production or people. Okay. Um, and we do it for comfort, um, all different types. Okay, and you mentioned that you install, but you also maintain, repair, and replace. That's right. Equipment, systems. Okay. Absolutely, yeah. So what's the difference between maintain and repair? That's a great question. So uh, we have what we call, um, and, and the industry calls rather, preventative maintenance. And that's where you get with your mechanical contractor and you say, hey, every quarter every year whatever it might be for your equipment i need you guys to come out here and you're going to look at my equipment you're going to do things like cleaning inspecting realigning adjusting those those things we do to maintain system operation 
So why does it need to be adjusted? What, what happens in the course it's, of a year? So, uh, you know, it depends. There's there's hundreds of types of equipment, but they're mm-hmm. all, at the end of the day, they're all machines, just like, um, you know, oh, everyone always compares them to cars. I, it's a little hokey to me, and, you know, like the whole sales, do you want the Cadillac? Or, you yeah. Know. But <laughs> anyway, um, so it's just like your car. You have to take it in for oil changes. An oil change is preventative maintenance on your car. You're going to go in, you're going to get the fluids changed, topped mm-hmm. off, all the things that need to be addressed, adjusted, tightened, whatever, it's happening there. Because there's moving parts. So Exactly. So okay. you're maintaining your vehicle. All right. If you decided not to maintain your vehicle and just drive it until it stopped driving, you would have to take it in for repair because it's now broken, right? And so this is actually... If you could I, actually find a way to take it in because it's yeah, not driving anymore. Exactly. So yes. it, it sounds crazy when you're talking about cars, but this is a, a typical um, plan of attack for... Uh, I'd say light commercial clients, you know, office spaces and stuff. That's not broken yet, you know. So they just keep on going, keep on going. So in the HVAC world, if you're not doing maintenance, you're driving the car until it breaks down Hmm. and then typically complaining because it's so expensive to fix. Exactly. But that's that's the the breakdown between maintain and repair. One is is planned and one is reactionary. Okay. And you're saying that, that this preventative maintenance should happen about once a year? Um, so it, it depends on the client. We don't have – we're in this wonderful, wonderful size, um, and we're a wonderful company, and I'm just so proud of that we're not the big corporate conglomerate. I, I'm not going to show up with a gold and silver and bronze and tell you why you need gold and yes. you know, all this stuff. It's, it is so different for everybody in every application. We have clients where we literally go every single day and change filters and do maintenance goodness and it's because of what they're producing and we have clients where we only go once a year because they have a maintenance team in-house and we only go to double check them once a year to get their factory certified technician to look at it and say yeah everything's great so but yeah but there's some of your 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 customers that are mission critical oh absolutely like you were talking about a medical facility yesterday Mm -hmm. and they just can't yeah just yesterday we had a um um one of our clients, a surgery center call, and they had an operating room go down. Mm. Um, and as soon as, if you're not familiar, operating rooms have code they have to follow. And once humidity hits a certain threshold, you're not operating. And so you start to look at um, not only the doctor's time, and but the support staff and the customers and everything else. That ends up costing a ton of money. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so y- when you have a customer and you tell them, I guess, <laughs> or maybe suggest how often preventative maintenance should happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's hard to have a, a dialed-in answer that every customer needs to have it quarterly or whatever. So our process looks like this. We go out. We see what our customers are doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see how they're using the equipment, what the environment's in. For example, if this unit that we're looking at here on the wall installed in this room is going to have different maintenance requirements than if it's in a dusty uh, production manager's office with the door opening and closing to a, a dirty field or something like that, right? Right. So we're going to make um, – we're, we're basically going to judge each client and their equipment and, and make recommendations for that maintenance. Um, but something like that needs to happen for each person. If your mechanical contractor is coming in um, and saying, here's what you need before they even ask how you do business – you know something's wrong. Yeah. Right? Okay. 
Now I want you I, I, I want you to uh, talk a little bit about how you win because I have an you know being you're being a client of ours mm-hmm. I have an inkling for it. And, and, um, I mean you know there's a, there's a million mechanical contractors oh, yeah. out there. Right? I mean you, it seems like it. Certainly Metro Atlanta there's a bunch. So why you mentioned a while ago you know, you're not a, you're not a big guys you know uh, and so you're not going to get the you know the the you know the assembly line service. Is that how you win, the personalized touch? Yeah, you know, it's it's hard to say. I would definitely say it's the personalized touch. I would say that, um, that to quote a, a gentleman in my past in, in special operations, uh, he, well, he was in special operations, he said, you know, Chris, we're really not all that good. It's just everyone else sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not going to say everyone else sucks. Yeah. Um, but... The way we treat people, uh, you know, I talk with, with our sales folks, and um, when we're going to meet with a new client who's never worked with us, we don't try to, to sell them a huge job. If we can get our technician there for one hour, just one hour, like the smallest amount of time you can buy, yeah. our statistics say over 90% of the time they're sold because we're just so much different than everybody else. We take care of the people yeah. and the problem and everything else. So it okay. is definitely a personal touch. What if I'm a facilities manager for, say, I don't know, a manufacturer, a school, mm-hmm. whatever, and, uh, and I'm under contract with somebody else, and, but I'm having problems. What do I do? You call us. Absolutely call us. Um, you know, we'll come talk to you. We'll see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see within the rules of your contract how we, how we might be able to help. Um, it might be something where you have to wait till, towards the end of your contract to make any changes. Or, um, you know, you might be able to tell them, tell that other vendor, you know, thanks for the effort, but we're going to go in a different direction. So they can get out of their contract. Most often. Cases, I, yeah. I, can't, I can't say without looking at it, but yes. most often I'd say over 90% of the time they can say thanks, no thanks. Because here, like for non-performance reasons, right? Sure. Yeah. And like our our contracts, we don't really have exit terms. We've never found that we needed them. If somebody says, "Hey, you know, we're going to move in a different direction," uh, we just ask to know why, and and we'll shake hands, and that's fine. I um, got the feeling it doesn't happen very very often with you. No, right? not yes. at all. Yeah, we're so a proud. High of retention that. rate. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. One of the highest um, I've heard of, actually. So. Yes. Yeah, we have a lot of things that are like that. We yeah. have. Uh, higher retention rate than most of our peers that I'm able to get information from. Um, we have a, a, an emergency response time guarantee, which is in the higher tier of mechanical contractors to offer that, but we're the only one I've ever spoken with that has an emergency response time guarantee that's never been broken. Mm. Not once. Not yeah. when the 85 bridge collapses or snowpocalypse or whatever. Right. And the reason for that, there's no special sauce. We, we can't teleport technicians. The reason for that is because we do good preventative maintenance. There you go. Y- your stuff just doesn't break down as much when you're with us. So we're, we're, we're talking to two guests today on Simon Says Let's Talk Business on Business Radio X, whose companies excel in keeping customers happy and growing your business that way by keeping people happy. Hey, how good is that, huh? Absolutely. You know what yeah. we're really good at? We're really good at helping out customers that have multiple locations, lots and lots of locations. Why is that? We have some really unique uh, management, I'd say software, um, but to back that up a little bit, because we're so nimble and flexible, we're able to implement new systems as they hit the market, okay. right? So we have newer, better things on average than your bigger organizations. Um, so we're able to help if, remember you said, 
we imagined you were a facility manager. Right. Let's imagine you're a facility manager of 100 banks. Right? Okay. Typically, if you're hiring a mechanical contractor to take care of those facilities, you're dealing with all these estimates and uh, work tickets and things like that getting mailed to you and invoices. Okay. And you might have them in your email box. So when you want to go see what happened at bank number 32, you're going to search your email box for bank 32 and you're going to try to get it all together, right? Mm-hmm. That's typically how it works. With us, you come to our website and log in and you can see by location, you can see um, all the work that's happened, that's scheduled to happen, all, all the problems with the equipment that we found, um, the invoices, the proposals to fix those problems. So as a facility oh, manager, yeah. if you want to see what's going on with all of your equipment, everywhere you just log in and there's big red check marks hey this is broken this is broken this is broken here's how you fix it so a company your size Mm -hmm. you can still have a system like that oh god yeah that's tremendous we're we're in that perfect size we're we're we outbig the small companies you outbig the small that's right and we or i'm sorry we outbig the small companies okay and we outsmall the big companies oh here there 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 it is there's there's a quote we outbig the small companies small companies and we outsmall the The big big companies companies. absolutely we have enough capacity to take care of say wells fargo said hey willis mechanical come take care of our hundreds of banks we got it and we can do that with our response time and everything like that but if they were to call us and a bunch of national suppliers in the room there's no way those guys could hold a candle to us just because they're big corporate conglomerates right so yeah we're in that perfect size perfect well, size. we always yeah. say that we're a big community bank because Ooh, we yes. do everything at the community banking level we get like involved yeah. at the community level and we you know so we're very nimble inside of a big corporate umbrella so you can outsmall the big companies too <laughs> there right? you go right. oh, our marketing like team's that. gonna like that okay i like that a lot all right so chris if someone wanted to to get in touch with you how would they do it Ooh, i'd ask that they check out our website we just had it redone probably gosh like a month ago now it's, it's pretty new it's uh willismech.com that's short for mechanical w-i-l-l-i-s-m-e-c-h.com we're also on Instagram, Twitter, um, uh, Facebook. We're everywhere, LinkedIn. Okay. And, and all that stuff comes back to our website. Or okay. you could give us a call at the office. That number's answered 24 hours a day. So if somebody's you know, listening to the podcast and their equipment's broken at 2 a.m. on Christmas, call this number, 678-966-0094. Okay. So once again, that's 678 966 Zero zero nine four. Okay, or willismech.com. Correct. M e c h. Yeah, short for mechanical. There you go. Love it. This is great. This uh, this has been a fun show today. I know our listeners have uh, have enjoyed it and be able to come away with some uh, some good nuggets that they can use huh, in their banking and, and in their facilities. So again, this is Al Simon with Sandler. I love Sandler. And the business. Uh, hey, say it again. I say? love Sandler. Pardon me? Speak up a little bit. Yeah. Simon says, let's talk business on Business Radio X. Thank you very much. Jill Edwards with Wells Fargo. Thank you, Al. Chris Willis with Me- Willis Mechanical. Uh, this has been Simon Says, let's talk business. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.